This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris well, here we are. It's uh, Adopt a Crook Day, I think. You know, we're always voting for the lesser of two evils. Certainly seems to be the case in pen- and, uh, plenty of these elections. I don't know. Maybe you've got your favorite. There's a couple of good good uh, speakers out there, people making convincing arguments. But before we get into all that, you know, there's more to life than government and politics and uh, elections. Ugh. The more I think about it, I, I don't know how you how we survive this. We gotta like do like a um, some kind of an election consolidation, like all the elections once every five years, uh, and, and they're all on the same. You know, once and done. I don't have to talk about it for five years. But the problem with that would be uh, you'd never get rid of anybody at all ever, and you know, there'd be no chance of really five years. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe maybe for people to be smarter. I don't know. But uh, anyway, how much of it can you really talk about? It becomes consuming. Not for me. You know why? I was out stacking firewood yesterday. Stacking firewood. Not splitting firewood. That's a whole other animal. And I'm going to have to get into some of that. Some of these are some big pieces. Did I tell you the story about the load that I brought home in my truck? And the, I had had it loaded with a backhoe, and then <laughs> I'm thinking I'm on the way home, and I'm thinking, uh, how am I going to get this off of here? Well, I, I did. It rolled off. That was the easy part. <laughs> it was the rest of the journey that nearly broke my back. But I've been getting some big stuff. I got some long logs for the for the bonfire pit out back. You know, we're pretty we're pretty far-leaning hillbilly over here. We're like the hillbilly club. Uh, <laughs> our fire pit, you know, people have all these, like, decorative pavers and and little tiki lighting <laughs> and sounds. Some people have TVs out there. We've got uh, a couple of plastic Adirondack chairs I just turn upside down when we're done and a hole in the ground. And I just built the dirt up on the windward side a little bit. And we dig that thing out nice and deep so the fire rests down there and that heat just kicks up nice and hot. It's a beauty. It really is. And it's just, to me, the way fire ought to be enjoyed. I mean, all this, you know, where everything's perfectly manicured, that's no kind of a fire. You know, I want to be able to just walk over to the the fence line to pee and, I don't want to have to be all full of manners. It gets too uppity. I'm looking for a country club environment. I mean, like I'm out in the woods. It's exactly what it feels like. So we got some big stuff stacked up. It's too warm here right now. I'm out there. Uh, so I had a load delivered. A buddy of mine came by, and he's got a dump trailer. Well, he actually borrowed the dump trailer from a friend. See, it's good to have friends like this. And so he, he brought over... Uh, it's about a cord, I'm guessing. Not split, but there was some small stuff mixed in there. And it was very dry. I just got a big, that I've been working on bringing home, uh, part of that load that I brought home in my pickup. 
is this uh, pin oak, and it's it's kind of green. So this is good. I got this stuff in front of it. I got the big logs, and uh, you know we're we're starting to build up quite a stock, uh, which is nice because I had pretty much ran it down. I pretty much. Uh, I didn't quite run out over the summer, but uh, I more or less ran out of firewood. It was a little weird, kind of freaky. Well, we always have something to burn. Furniture, wedding photos. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Come on. Nobody's got a sense of humor anymore. Yeah, my wife wouldn't appreciate hearing that. She probably wouldn't think it was funny at all now that you mention it. I'm sorry. Let me just get it out now. (laughs) So anyway, I'm out there stacking firewood, and i got to be a little careful because, as you may recall, somebody rear-ended me uh, a week or so ago. And so uh, I'm still rehabilitating from that. And uh, luckily, I have this great cart that really takes up for a lot of the bending that would normally be involved. And uh, anyway, I got it all moved over there. I took my time. I didn't rush it because I don't want to hurt my back or make it worse. I would do like two carts, go back to the studio, do my thing kind of thing. So it was good. I was got a little sweat going, and uh, we got a nice big stack. Oh, so then I'll tell you the highlight of the story. Uh, I look out there. I'm getting cleaned up. I take my gloves off, and I'm getting a drink of water, and I'm just leaning up against the fence, kind of taking in the sun. And you hear me talk about this isn't the point of the story, but this part of the story anyway. But uh, you hear me talk about the sun and the health benefits and Dr. Mercola was talking about. I mean, you, you that, that sunlight, it's just I can't tell you what it does. I Like I crave it. I'm addicted to it. I just People say to me in February, they're like, how come you're so tan? Or, what, have you been down to the islands? And no, it's just I'm outside. You know, a little, a little, a little, little inclement weather. The, the weather's always something. It's too hot, it's too cold, it's too windy, it's too rainy, it's too dry. (laughs) Right? There's no winning. When is it perfect? I mean, in some ways it's perfect here right now. It's actually too warm. Like it feels tropical. I swear I smelled salt water the other I'm kidding, but it's like a hurricane came through, just temperature-wise, kind of weird. Climate change. I've been denying it, and then something like that happens. It kind of freaks me out. No. I'm kidding around. But it is really warm. And it got cold here. We had the heat on early. Flu season whipping around. I got COVID. And now it's like summertime again. I'm taking my zinc, though, by the way. So anyway, I'm leaning up against the fence. And I'm just taking in the sun after doing a little hard work. And uh, you hear me talk about soft hands, right? My hands are actually a little soft right now because I've been wearing my gloves when I used to, when I was talking about that before, people said, oh, "I wear gloves." So I was like, "Is that bad?" Well, I just think it's better to have hands that have a little bit of toughness to them. But I don't have that right now. But anyway, I'm leaning up against the fence, and I look out, and here comes Super Duke, our Shepherd Lab mix. He's all black, and uh, he's just a beautiful dog, and he's really very loving, very friendly. He's pretty darn obnoxious, but that's another story we'll get to another time. In the meantime, I look out there, and he's just kind of trotting around out there, and just the sunlight's reflecting off this all sheer black dog. But maybe you've seen horses, dogs, just a beautiful, deep, shiny black coat, you know. 
and he's got a you know nice shape to him. He's a very physical dog. We run the living bananas out of him every day, chucking balls, run him, run him, run. You have to. He's so obnoxious that if you don't run this dog a few hundred yards every day, uh, he'll, just, he'll be tearing the walls apart. He really does. He drives the other dogs nuts. He drives us nuts. As he gets older, he's calming down a little bit naturally. But anyway, I look out there, and there he is. He's digging around in the bamboo, and I can tell he's on something. And he'll go after all kinds of things, anything really that moves. Uh, but I think he was on a snake in there. I'm pretty sure. And we're looking to catch one, me and my daughter. And it was funny because he's out there pawing around. And you can tell he goes into that different mode, right? It's like those spidey senses kick in. He's like, I'm on it. I'm on the prey. And uh, next thing you know, here comes Mama Bear, comes running down. And uh, our pit bull, BB, she's like a bulldozer. She's got to be pushing 80 pounds. She's so overweight. And uh, she has allergies real bad, believe it or not. And she's becoming more of a inside dog. And she does not like to run like Duke. Anyway, she comes bumbling down, boom, boom, boom. Mama Bear, when the hunt is on, Mama Bear is there. You can bank on that. And uh, I'm just watching this whole skeptical, spe- skeptical, spectacle, spectacle, spectacle. Whew. Say that three times fast. It was just amazing watching the dogs work together and, you know, their, their dog, their canine instincts kicking in. And uh, they didn't get anything. I'm pretty sure it was a snake. So I think by the time the pit bull got down there, I think it was gone. And she was a little annoyed. Like, what's wrong with you, Duke? You're always acting strange. So anyway, that was the uh, festivities here on the uh, on Big Chris's compound. And uh, enjoying the good weather, getting ready for winter. That's really what it amounts to. Enjoying time outside. Enjoying time with the dogs. Just the basic stuff. I was going to light a fire, but it was a little too warm and a little too windy, quite frankly. I thought, you know, I'm going to save the wood. Anyway, a couple big stories before I get into my points here. Um, I guess, you know, generally speaking, you know, as far as what is my finger on the pulse of what's going on right now? Uh, chaos, really. And I think... It looks like Republicans are going to make a big, well-deserved win, quite frankly. I mean, the stories abound. Tough campaigns, lots of work being done, the ballot watching, the lawsuits, all of it really amazing how people rallied behind the Republican Party. And it's interesting watching the Democrats backpedal and get desperate. But there's a couple of things out there. But either way, let's just say for the sake of argument that uh, tonight, sometime soon, we find out that there was some kind of big Republican sweep. Well, number one, I don't think Republicans are in a position to promise economic prosperity. I think if Republicans can help bring down gas prices, uh, that would go a long way to, to winning support. Uh, fixing some of the shenanigans in the schools and getting the elections cleaned up uh, even better I think all these things would be good. Whether or not they can get any of that done, I don't know. And we haven't even touched on, you know, stuff like uh, dealing with the debt in Ukraine. You know, where are we going with those? A little bit of progress. 
I think we need to tether our expectations. And then, you know, people are going to get sucked in to going after Biden and the Democrats. And I'm still developing my opinion on that. You know, do we impeach Biden? Do we, you know, go after the whole Hunter thing, the election fraud, the this, the that, the da, 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 da. Uh, do we just let these people walk away scot-free? It's going to be easy to get sucked in. And uh, once we do, it's going to consume a lot of time, energy, and resources as a whole. And that's going to take away whatever the opinion on it. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out where I stand on this. But it's going to take a, a lot of focus. It's all of a sudden going to be just doubling down on more negative. And I think we got to be aware of that. I think we got to be a little bit careful of that. But I think that there's definitely an, an audience out there for it. There's going to be a lot of people that want it, that are pushing for it. And uh, it's going to be hard for Republicans to... Uh, turn away from the benefit that it will provide for fundraising purposes. Bottom line. Bottom line. You know, that every time they talk about impeach Biden, it's going to be a a run-up. So, we'll see what happens. Let's just take it one step at a time. We have things to get to before we get into that. Uh, A couple stories developed here that, you know, some of this is going to be too late, but some of it's relevant. Uh, the first, I'll just mention this casually. Carrie Lake uh, worked in local news, and her co-workers are saying that uh, basically she was a big liberal, that she hated guns, um, some other very liberal that She was Buddhist. Is that bad? We, oh, I no longer support Carrie. I care less if she's Buddhist or not. And uh, I guess I care if she hates guns, but... Maybe she hates guns and she still believes in the Second Amendment. Did anybody ask that? But here's the bigger part of all this. I'm surprised they started so late with this. It's just a smeared article. And I argue that this is in-kind donations, which is a violation of campaign finance laws. There's no sources cited. There's no specificity. Right? They did nothing. It's like, oh, we talked to some people who said that they worked with her some time ago. And they said some things. <laughs> you know, it, it, how do you put any real credibility into that? How do you defend it? You don't. You just ignore it. Uh, but you don't see this going on. It never happens with the Democrat candidate. Never happens. It's amazing, really. Then, uh, So that's one story. Just fake news, really. Uh, plain, bold-faced attempt to influence voters. Why you take the the uh, you know the the, the they want to just they need that they shift that small margin in their favor. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think this effort does that. But what can it hurt? It certainly doesn't help Carrie Lake. Maybe it does in some way. Maybe it does. Maybe she she bounces back from it. You know, that's what Trump would do. I said I'm a Buddhist because I bought a Buddha statue. I threw darts at it. They want to call me a Buddhist. That's what he would have said. I don't know. Who knows what's going on? Maybe she's just a a, a closet liberal that's coming out as a Republican because she's an opportunist. And who's to say she's not? There's no test. There's no litmus test. Who knows where she stands on any issues? Nobody. I don't know. I have no idea. She makes a good good soundbite. She makes a good argument. 
doing well with that. Uh, as far as any big conservative idea, I think she wants to uh, clean up the border, secure the border. I think that's good. There you go. There's some small progress. I, I think it's asking a lot to ask a candidate or an election to like usher in some revolution of reform that's going to completely right the ship or do whatever it is that uh, even even if there is broad popular opinion to do it. Even if there is broad popular opinion to do it, it's, trying to get people to agree on much of anything is what? Impossible. There's always going to be this fighting. You know, I use this analogy. If I called you tomorrow and I said, hey, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, sure. Meet you downtown at the pizza? Yeah. Nah, you know what? I think I'd rather get a sandwich. All right, cool. Meet you there. 12 o'clock. How about 11.30? We'll beat the crowd. See you there, 11.30. Done. All right? Add wives to the mix. Now you got four. Hey, you want to go get pizza? Uh, Let me check with my wife. Uh, Danielle says uh, she got to eat gluten-free. Okay. Uh, How about the salad place? Let me check. Uh, The health department. You know, next thing you know, it's two weeks later. Did we ever decide on a place for lunch? Make it six people or eight people. And you know what I'm talking about? It takes forever. Unless you really got somebody that corrals everybody. We're going to get pizza. If you need gluten-free, there's a Shake Shack down the street. Whatever. I don't know. But it's difficult. If we can get a little bit of progress of Carrie Lake can help clean up elections and silence some of this liberal nonsense and and bring some level of security to the border, I say go. I say go. Then there was this article, who knows, several Republican operatives. Here's another, who knows, could be, it's Washington Examiner. I don't know, maybe by the time you're hearing this, something will have come out. Trump wants to announce he's running for president ASAP. Could do it as early as Monday night. It's a real distraction. I, I see that as a uh, kind of a propaganda move. I don't know why he would do that or think that that would be beneficial. He could do it the very next day after it would be fine, but not the day before. That doesn't help uh, Republicans. It doesn't help him. And it doesn't help you taking a big risk doing that. Big risk doing that. Let the focus be on what's in front of us right now. Bring some. There's enough distractions as there is. We don't need to add more. That's my feelings on that. And then this little bit of propaganda. I, I heard this story kind of making its go around, and it just seems to be uh, increasing. Not increasing, but continuing to go around. Election officials fear counting delays will help fuel claims of fraud. Really? I, I, let me write that a different way. That the longer it goes on to take the count, the less... Uh, the more illegitimate the questioning becomes. That's a better way of saying that. The, the more qu- questions of legitimacy arise. There you go. The longer the count goes on, the more questions of legitimacy arise. How can it not? How is it that the Powerball lottery was held Saturday night? $1.6 billion. How many tickets were sold? Got to be more than it's going to be ballots cast. And somehow they know that there was no winners. How can they do that with that, but we can't do it with ballots? Tell me. Why isn't that possible? But at this point, 
we're just going to have to wait and see. You know, what are you going to do? If it takes if it takes two days to count, well, then you'll just wait. If it takes 10 days, you might stomp your feet. If it takes 20 days, if it takes 100 days, what if they just keep endlessly, well, we can't come to a, we can't come to a conclusion. <laughs> Would you put a pass on the try a trick like that? And what are you going to do? You better not start talking about any uh, threats of violence. Oh, there's an awful lot of federal agents, a lot of intelligence out there. And the military, the, the, the government's got big, big guns and a long reach. You're going to mess with that? You're going to rally the troops? Is that what you think you're going to do? Hmm, I wonder. I wonder. I'm not seeing that in any way, shape, or form. We've got a real problem right now. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping and, and praying for the best. I do hope that Republicans do well. I really do. I think it's our best chance of trying to get any kind of uh, uh, real tangible progress. I do think that the Republican Party has become heavily liberalized and also heavily corrupt, and that needs to get fixed too. But right now, if we could get a, you know, a little bit of control over schools. You know, I saw an article. This is huge. Democrats are just so off base in this. And uh, maybe I was explaining yesterday that my daughter with the family, her friend from school, and big liberals, and it's just uh, the signs and the attitude and the, the behavior of the daughter at all um, very much ties in to me. But uh, they're very out of touch, these people. We went to this birthday. It's all liberal crowd, very strange people. And I don't necessarily mean to tie the two together. It's just my observation that they're all, I know where they live. I know the signs they have out front. We're, you know, we're all living in the community here. And uh, just weirdo people, weirdo people. I was mentioning this to a buddy of mine. The one lady was there with this, with the boy. I'm guessing maybe 12, 14. I'm not the best judge of that. I don't know who she knew. It was a, it was a young girl's birthday, seven, eight years old, eight years old, turned eight. My daughter's seven. It'll be eight in January. He's 12, 13, 14, I don't know. And uh, I don't know what he was, I didn't, talk to, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't see any, you know, conversation. Maybe there was a sibling there I missed. I don't know. I didn't see that. Uh, but the weird thing was the mom, they, with the boy, you would have thought they were dating. It was just this really weird, I was mentioning this to him, I said, yeah, these are people who are all younger than me. You know, 10, 15 years younger. We're like, we're late having children this round for me. I don't want to get into it. But either way, I'm just, I'm looking at this whole scene. I'm like, all oh, these bunch of liberal weirdos. The way they were talking, I don't want to get into it. You know, it's personal. I need to repeat all this. But these are not people that I get along with. And it's not because they're liberal. I think, you know, I mean, they used to say early in the podcast, I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative and a social liberal. What? I don't believe in telling people how regulating how they should live their lives. This Andrew Torba's idea of a Christian nation. I'm not so sure I'm on board with that. I, I do think that having it founded on those values is good. And how do you preserve that? Not by codifying it. Not by codifying it. I don't believe so. It, it defies the simple logic of free reign. Each generation has to decide on their own. It creates a struggle indeed. I don't know. Somebody would have to convince me otherwise. 
that's the struggle, I guess. People give it away all the time. One other thing I've observed, you know, in terms of freedom, people are happy to give away freedom as long as it doesn't affect their economic freedom, it seems like. Isn't that interesting? How selfish, how greedy we've become. How reliant on the God Almighty dollar. And there's a lot of chatter out there. I saw it uh, RT.com, Russian News. And uh, I talked about the dollar no longer being the world reserve currency at its peak now. So what does that mean for the coming decade that the dollar is not the world's reserve currency? Well, it would be very interesting to see what does become the reserve currency if there is one. You know, is that even necessary that that happens? I don't think so. I think the dollar was kind of taking on the underwriting of all the or most of the other currencies. Everything tied back to the dollar. Everybody, and they, I guess they kind of had to in order to be able to trade with the United States. That's the inflation that's being created in these poor countries, and and it's destroying them because of our fiscal mismanagement, affecting these places all over. So. The bottom line is, if, it, if it's not the reserve currency, it means that not everybody's going to take it. Which means what? Well, a big shift in global trade, potentially. Now, this isn't all bad, in my opinion, that it would return jobs and manufacturing back here by necessity. Because you can't buy from China or India or some other country, who knows, Pakistan. Anyway, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with all that? Can Republicans stop that? I don't think so. I don't think so one bit. I mean, they can make some kind of an attempt to rev up the American economy, but whew. I mean, it's it's been revved up. We're on the fourth tier of, of revving up, kicking the can down the road. The Great Recession, the recession of the 90s, money poured into wars for 15 years, all causing this great economic expansion along with the debt. It was all founded on debt, a massive expansion of debt, a massive expansion of wealth and debt at the same time. We'll see what happens. Time will tell. And as I mentioned before, I don't think that we're headed for some cataclysmic crash course. It's not my gut feeling. Could it happen? Sure. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to the economy and global trade, and one little piece closes, and... You know, it can have some real ripple effects. We'll see. I don't really believe the doom's there. I'm not saying don't prepare. I'm not saying discount it completely. I'm just saying it's not where I see things headed. I don't see a diesel shortage affecting the Northeast. They're saying, oh, you're not going to be, trucks aren't going to be going anywhere. That's not true. That is not true. Uh, gasoline, I don't know. We've been through it. I lived through it in the 70s. Home heating oil, I haven't heard any threats of that not being available, and I don't think so. But if there's no diesel to move it, then what happens? It gets cold here. It's going to get cold soon. I, I'll tell you right now, if there's a heat problem, people are going to be very, very unhappy. Can Republicans fix that? Perhaps. Changes in regulation? Perhaps. Perhaps they can. The war on oil has to stop. Democrats are going to get blamed for it either way. And it's true. They deserve it. They've embraced it. There's a great video somebody sent me. John Stossel did a report on electric cars and how uh, much oil it takes to to produce and, and have uh, running. 
you got to check it out. It's really funny when you think about the environmental movement getting behind electric cars, and there's just really no environmental gain. I like electric cars. I like them because they're quieter and there's a lot of noise pollution, and uh, I think they drive better. And I think especially like a hybrid where you can go electric in in city traffic is much better performing electric. Not just in the in the gasoline efficiency, just the, you know the. The, the odors in the city, the dirt of burning all those combustion engines in the city with all those cars. I think the electric cars are better fit in that application. I could go on and on about that. There's a lot of issues. I know that. Anyway, there's no environmental gain. And yet there's this whole movement, this whole green scam, new green scam, pushing all this debt money out there. Maybe, maybe it'll dry up. Maybe it needs a reverse course now before the lunacy really sets in. But that's not really where Democrats have a problem. It really isn't. It's not on the environment. The Democrats have a problem with the crap that's being pushed in schools. And uh, it's being dubbed as an argument that parents want to have a say of what's taught. No, no, stop. That's not the problem. And I wish that Republicans would have done a better job of bringing this front and center. The issue is that I do not want my daughter taught about gender identity from school, period. We'll do that at home if and when we choose, in the manner that we choose. And there's many other things that I feel the same way about. Quite frankly, a lot of the classes, the whole sex ed to begin with, we'll take care of that. You know, certain uh, biology and and a certain uh, mature learning about these things. Yeah, I think, you know, eighth grade, when does it start? Sixth grade, sure. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade, kids start developing an understanding. And the same can be said for all this uh, racial division, racial, racial animosity that's been stirred up in the schools under the ideas of, of, uh, of unity and diversi- diversification. Look, the bottom line is uh, people don't want this stuff rammed down their throats. And uh, I think it's something that parents need to handle at home, whether people agree with that or not. We need to limit the scope of the schools. This idea that my child can go into school without my consent and claim to be a boy and and nobody's going to say anything to me, it, it's absurd. Absolutely absurd. And yes, we the parents need to establish these boundaries for the schools. You know, I don't necessarily want to demonize the schools for wanting to take on more in terms of addressing needs as they see it. And I can only imagine the complexities of that. As you're dealing with, you know, a huge drug epidemic problem, I got a newsflash for you. A lot of these people, some of these people have kids. Some of them vote. It's amazing. Some of them are on the road. It's endless, really. Anyway, Democrats are losing big time with this idea that they're going to ram ideologies and certain topics down the throats of children. And the parents are going to sit back. Nobody's buying into it, not even the Muslim community. Big, big loss for Democrats in that. Parents are sitting back. You know, there's a few things that people come together around. And generally speaking, the way children are treated is one of them. And the sexualization of children in most places around the world is is a dirty, dirty act. You know, somebody tweeted about this, that uh, uh, prisoners, convicts have done more 
to 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 uh, um, done more for for child sex trafficking than the government has. I don't know if that's a, fair to say that, but you get the idea there. That it, it, people don't put up with it. I've mentioned this myself. You know, you start messing with my daughter, and you're going down a, a path there. It's not going to end well. A lot of people agree with that. Moms, too. They're, they're sometimes the worst. Don't you tell me. You're going to tell mama that she's wrong? Good luck with that. <laughs> people don't put up with it. That issue alone. The abortion issue, I think, fizzled out big time. I think the timing of it, it's unbelievable to me. A lot of people were riled up. I thought to myself, this is going to destroy the election. But so be it. You know, the Supreme Court did it, and this is this is it. And this is funny, too, if you're voting liberal. Don't think that they're going to change abortion because you're going to elect uh, some different representatives. They're not going to – well, you think they're going to hold out hope they're going to pack the Supreme Court and reverse this? Good luck. It's an awful lot of steps, big steps. And you think about how, how difficult it is to get, get things done at the Supreme Court level, how long it takes. I mean, heck, the, the uh, – Cake, cake baker case went on for three, four years. You think this is going to be done in an afternoon? I don't think so. Abortion is out. This whole uh, fugazi with this last spending bill, I think, really, really hurt Democrats. And people were saying, asking now, why are we sending all this money to Ukraine in the first place? Where is it going? I mean... It's just like, is there a plan? It's just like every day it's another, oh, another, another ten billion. Do I hear ten? Do I hear twenty? Do I hear thirty? Do I hear thirty? Do I hear four? Fifty billion dollars for Tuesday, gone to Ukraine. Wednesday, Wednesday, five billion. Do I hear five billion? Ten billion? Ten billion? No takers. How about a little military aid? How about some armor, armor, do I hear armor? Armor going once, armor going twice. How about some more bullets, something to help the Ukraine? You stand with Ukraine, don't you? How about a few bullet, bullets going once? I, we've got bullets, five billion in military aid, five billion military aid, five billion, ten, ten billion military aid, Wednesday. People have had enough. It's become like a game, and if that's not enough, they're saying, well, hold on a second. What do you mean? I might not be able to get heating oil this winter. These costs are going through the roof. The economy's crumbling. And, and they're not even talking about it. They just keep endlessly shipping. The, and what is the end game? Give up the territory. It's done. It's over. Put it to bed. You're not you're joining NATO. Oh, don't talk like that. Oh, that's practically criminal. <laughs> Practically criminal. You know, I was reading something interesting, speaking of, of criminal and uh, government-organized crime. Uh, when Russia invaded Ukraine, they, uh, they immediately nationalized assets owned by Russian nationals in Ukraine. Billions and billions of dollars worth of uh, rail uh, infrastructure. And uh, I forget all the rest. There was a big write-up in the Epic Times about it, I believe it was in. And they took it, just confiscated it, just like that. No court, no evidence. Just boom, act of the federal government under some kind of emergency powers declaration. I haven't confirmed this, but I'm told that the media in Ukraine is also nationalized. Uh, 
the absence of good news and bona fide information coming out of Ukraine ought to be alarming in itself. You don't see nearly enough. Where's the war footage? We live in an era of cell phones and, and body cams. Where's the evidence of what's going on? Because it's not what it seems. Whatever's going on, whatever's really going on, it's not what it seems. Either way, it's not popular. And I don't see this panning out. I really don't for Democrats. I think it does end up being a big night for Republicans. You got Elon Musk just said he's endorsing Republicans. I believe Joe Rogan's been favorite. People are just looking at you know, Biden's been a complete failure, a complete and utter disaster. And I think it is affecting Fetterman where, where people are looking at him and like, dude, you look like Biden 2.0. There's some serious buyer's remorse. I see it. It's undeniable now. I mean, you just can't. Uh, I have liberal friends that are just, yeah, they're, they're turning away from Biden. I think some of them are ready to vote Republican themselves. I really do. Or not vote at all. Biden has done the, 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 more to destroy the Democrat base. And then, you know, they pump out uh, uh, Obama. And he comes out sweating, literally. I never saw this. He's got his arms up in the air and his armpits are soaked. I think maybe maybe a little crack pipe might cause something like that. Have you ever seen that? There's somebody smoking crack and they smoke, uh, they sweat a lot. I don't know. I'm sure the president, uh, former president uh, Obama would never do something like that. Didn't, wasn't there allegations of that? Anyway, you look in his eyes and uh, you just look like you can see through him. Angry. Angry. It's going to be the end of democracy. And the ends justify the means. Understand what they're saying. As they sit there and and point fingers and say that the Republicans are the hostile ones. What are you going to do? We're going to find out soon, hopefully. Uh, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.